Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland and across the globe. Listen here. You're listening to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders podcast. The host, Fraser Ramsey. Hey, this is Afia Letham, creator of the Frame Your Day app, helping you walk out every day in victory. I'm proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders. Hi. This is Zakia Ringgold from NaturalSoapByZakia.com, proud sponsors of the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders podcast. Ah, good evening, afternoon, morning, whatever you are in the world. It's another episode of the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders podcast. We're not quite going too far this time. We're a bit more local, which is a good thing. And it's interesting, the kind of guest is, how do you put it, I've met through just chatting away. He's a, it goes to me, he's the... Member staff at my local gym. That's what I'm trying to say. He's a personal trainer at Pure Gym. That where I go, and uh, it's nice to be. It's a relatively new gym. It's only been about coming up for a year. It's opened, and uh, it's a it's modern, compact, and it's actually it's kind of found out through his his assistant manager Kyle Brown, uh, and it was kind of interesting how it's a small world and we've kind of it's like a wee community. It's become it's a nice to be gym. You get chatting to people. And this uh, gal is my guest is in Edinburgh, so we're not going too far. But we're also we're mainly going to discuss regarding uh, his new project. Uh, a bit, he's a personal trainer, but also what he's starting a social aspect in Edinburgh. And we're also uh, doing that. So we're also a bit a little bit back, a background of his life, and you don't just fall into personal training. You, you obviously decisions you make, career choices, and how easy or hard it is. So we're going to dissect that a little bit. But uh, so if you're kind of even you might looking for a Zoom personal training session, you can always hook up with them and make do that. Uh, he also does commentary on rugby. Uh, he has done that, but also we will uh, dissect and maybe t- touch in what else he does. But uh, so welcome, Carl Usher, to the Ramsey and Coming Borders podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks a lot. I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. It's, a, it's, it's Thursday, Friday tomorrow. Woo-hoo. Even though it's, uh, if you're listening, this is a Thursday we're doing it. I don't tend to keep days on, but uh, it is a Thursday. But if you're listening to it, it could be any day. But anyway, I'm glad it's coming up for the weekend. Weekends are always good for anybody. <laughs> it's always a good thing. But anyway, let's let's dive in. So you're, you're, let's we're gonna do we're gonna work back the way. So we're gonna okay. kind of more what you're doing now. So you're about the reason why we're doing this podcast is because you're setting up a new program like a sort of social outside fitness but social gathering of people so tell us about this new thing which is launching this coming saturday um which is well for those who might be listening to this after this coming saturday this will have been launched and uh, we're so, so let's dissect how what made you think of the idea and why have you tell us about dissect this of what it's all about so um, it's an outdoor fitness franchise uh, called One Element Edinburgh. So it's the first uh, of the One Element franchises in Scotland. Um, and so the original franchise, or rather the original company was formed in London uh, in 2007. And then it franchised in 2019. And uh, the Edinburgh franchise is going to be the 10th one um, so far. Um, and yeah, so how how I came to kind of take on this franchise was believe it or not it it kind of spans back to 2013 I was on my gap year um back from South Africa in London um working at my old prep school before I moved to South Africa 
And while I was there, I was playing uh, club rugby for a club I played for when I was six, six. Uh, called called Battersea Ironsides. Um, and so One Element's CEO was sponsoring a bar up in Petersfield um, at, for a sevens tournament. And he asked a couple of the Battersea uh, Ironsides guys to play for them. And only one guy and then me um, agreed to do it. Um, it was a really, really fun time. Um, and uh, from that, I got him, I got uh, the CEO on Instagram, but then never really talked about anything else since then. Just kind of reconnected this year when one element in London was looking for trainers. Okay. And I mean, I knew I, knew I wasn't going to move back to London, but I was still interested in it and right. had, the, had the chat with them. And they were like, do you want to start the first Scottish franchise? And that's how I got here. <laughs> There you go. So tell us what, what is involved if people were to sort of join what is this one element thing? What happens or what's the kind of procedure? Oh. So it's um it's a social out well outdoor social fitness club. So it functions a lot like a rugby club or a hockey club, cricket club. Um the training is is created for us by um professional athletes and sports clubs. Uh and it's based on pre-season training for rugby and hockey. Okay. Uh, so it's challenging, but it's also, you know, it's going to, it's going to push you to get fitter quicker. Um, and in terms of like the social element of it, um, so each franchise does their own social kind of things and then the company does them as well. So that, that'll be like after Saturday morning coffees, uh, maybe on a Thursday night, you go out for a drink with everyone. Um, and then bigger things like Christmas parties, Halloween parties, um, black tie dinners throughout the year. And then the company as a whole do trips. So they do a skiing trip to France, a surfing trip to Spain, and a couple of others, including a Everest base camp trip, which I'm really looking forward to going on. Everest base camp. <laughs> that could be interesting. <laughs> yeah, with a broken knee. <laughs> yeah, that could be a, certainly a challenge. Fancy uh, a trip up to Everest. Hmm. Let me think about it. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. not, up the, not up the mountain, but. Base camp, yes. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, that could be interesting. I, I suppose base camp. Yeah, I suppose, but that must be just being there. But uh, I'll tell you, I do people who are just yeah climbing. People who go climbing is not. not I just me. don't. I, what see what I don't get. People who go climbing. You know, these, this is just baffles me. They seem to climbers seem to go climbing when the weather is just dreadful. You're sitting and listening to your radio. You're driving your car. Ah, uh, the weather forecast. It's going to be just blizzards not not good and people seem to have this weird magnet and they go climbing hill walking yeah and the next again day oh a hill walker was rescued or somebody fell yeah. but somebody died and thinking what is what possesses them yeah let's go hill walking and the it's like just terrible conditions yeah. and i just don't get the kind of right okay you got a death wish or you got must have, you're just planning you must have really good life insurance you just have or yeah yeah you're just like hey let's just go and climb a mountain and hopefully I, I die maybe and it's like a good pay out pay, you know what I mean it's kind of it baffles me I do it's just something yeah. I, don't, I don't quite get when you think well the weather's like I mean it's bad enough when you sit in the winter in Scotland you look outside the window it's blowing a gale it's raining and you go 
I was staying the night. Uh, Stick the telly on. Training. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's that kind of you look at it and go, yeah, I think I'll stay in one of those nights. But um, but yeah, it's weird. But hey, that seems certainly been experienced just to go to the base camp. But then, but as far as you go and say, let's go home. Right, yeah. <laughs> Experiencing that. But anyway, so what else? So, I mean, have you been to these? Have any of these events in London that they've organised or? Yeah, so um, I went to a couple sessions actually. Uh, what was it? Uh, two weekends ago now. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the weekend of the uh, Queen's funeral, okay. um, and I went to a couple of sessions. And what really kind of struck me about it and really got me keen to do it is just the the sense of community that these members had. I mean, some of them have been with One Element for like eight years. Right. Okay. Um, I know there's a, so there's a member who's coming to an ex member who moved up to Edinburgh, who is coming to the free trial next Saturday. And she was a member with One Element for eight years. And so she's really keen to get back into it, which I think is great. It just shows so much character and it tells you a lot about the brand without even really saying anything. Okay, that's good. So um, I mean, how much does it cost to join one of these? So it depends on the membership you go for. so the there it's going to start with four sessions a week. Okay. Um, the unlimited membership, which includes the all access to all of the in-person training sessions, all of the online content, which is um, yoga, Pilates, HIT training, circuits, and some weight training as well. Okay. Um, and then a bit of nutritional help as well. Um, so all of that plus access to the social group and everything like that is forty-five pounds a month. So what? um and then one session so you get five so it, it it would work out if you did one session a week but it's you get five sessions for the month and everything else and that's okay. 35 okay and then there's a student membership which will be 20 uh which will be 30 um there's a couple's membership a parent and child membership which i think i'm the first franchise to do okay and then there's also going to be certain discounts for like nhs and things like that as well that sounds good. So let's uh, anything, I mean, anything else you want to dissect on this whole scenario? Uh, in your first session on Saturday, well, this coming Saturday, uh, which will be the uh, first the of October. Eight, is it the 8th? Still yeah, the so we're launching next Saturday. Oh, so it's not this Saturday. Sorry. Ah, there we go. If you're listening to this, my confusion. It's, eight, it's not a Saturday anyway. It's just the yeah. 8th. We've got plenty of time. I think it's the first. So it's the eighth, the eighth, and it's at nine thirty in the morning at the Meadows in Edinburgh for those who. But you can, you will be able to, yeah. Uh, we'll have all the details where you can book and have it and check it out if you want to come along and and try that in Edinburgh. It's totally free the trial, the um, the launch day. So yeah, come along and you'll get a free coffee as well. There we go. Coffee's always a good thing. So yeah. let's. Anything else you want to talk, talk about this whole thing or anything you think you want to appeal to the selling point of it or. Obviously, that you're it's a new thing. You're you obviously it's a franchise, you're franchising yeah. the one in Scotland. It's is it you've obviously built up a lot of contacts for this mm-hmm. to help support you in it. So it's not a it's a big thing to take on. You're not doing it by yourself. Have you got a team of people or you kinda No, just, it, it it is just me. Right, okay. It's, it's just me. <laughs> so how do you think you would if it was to how would you benefit support or would you think to how would you I don't know any from people that might want to connect with you, not necessarily in Edinburgh, but maybe out with Edinburgh. They might want to help support you in some way or uh, help broad uh, get your the word out. I don't know what would you like like to see for that. 
Um, well, I am. I, I also didn't didn't mention earlier. I'm also going to have an online um, on online only membership, which will be I think fifteen to twenty pounds, and that still gives you you know all the early morning classes like the yoga, the Pilates. So it's really good for people who like yoga and Pilates. Okay. Um, and then uh, you can also buy say like a pack of ten that you can use within four months. So if you say you're in and out of Edinburgh and you can okay. drop on for a single session every now and then, that works quite well. Um, but otherwise, so one element Edinburgh has an Instagram page and we, uh, we post on that daily. So sharing any of those posts and, um, getting, you know, wider exposure for it will be really helpful as well. Okay. Would you ever take members or people maybe out with Edinburgh, like abroad, like in America, for example, or could you utilize the, what you do if it was on the online services? Yeah. Um, it's not, it's literally, so the online service and the membership is available to anyone, anyone, anywhere, because it doesn't require, you know, yeah. all it requires is you can, you have a computer or a phone. And you, that's cool. There we go. So people in America, who want to interested in making this a potential. Uh, so that's good. So let's dissect. Obviously you're at this point, you let's talk about a bit more about your life. So obviously you mentioned briefly you were down, you're at school down South in London. Uh, and also you took a you got yourself to South Africa to play rugby so dissect your life of your school you, uh, you sound like you maybe are from you're born in England I'm guessing yeah yeah so dissect your life of education your path leading up to where you are now let's so unpack that a little bit uh, so tell us about where you're brought born brought up and then how eventually you, your school and then eventually how you went to your South Africa connection how that kind of linked in and just the kind of connections until then eventually you went to pure gym and now you're doing this and i mean so it's always every is link just linking the chain up you know i mean it's just a so that let's tell us about your sort of background well it's, uh, i tell you what it's quite it's quite a long uh story because i move around so much so um if you if you want to like ask go a question ahead. at any point just interject that's no problem we'll start, uh, start us where you're born and brought up and go from there okay okay so i was born in london uh, in 1994 so i'm 28 um in a little in the um, what's it called sw18 so it's in a little area called earlsfield okay. um really nice area it's also where my rugby club was hence why i was playing for battersea ironsides um which is not in battersea but we did not getting into that um so i lived there until i was 10 uh went to obviously play group then prep school uh, beginning of school um at swaffield primary and then moved to northcote lodge for two years um, which is a private school. And then when I was 10, um, my brother finished prep school and we, my dad wanted us to move out to that South Africa because okay. he wanted us, he wanted us to go to, um, his high school cause he lived out in South Africa when he was young. Um, also financially at that point, it may, it was a good decision for my parents. Um, about a year later, it became a very bad decision financially because the financial crash happened and that was very unhelpful um so we moved to south africa when i was 10 and uh i then had my last three years of prep school at a uh, school that got its name from an english school called cordwallis preparatory school um okay. that was in a little town called peter maritzburg uh, or a city rather capital of kwazulu natal um and then followed my brother to hilton college which is the high school my dad went to okay. um which being in south africa and one of the kind of the best high schools in the country it's just rugby everything it's like eat live sleep rugby um which 
in the beginning, I hated. I couldn't stand playing rugby for my first year. Um, and then, so I played hockey and I, I really enjoyed hockey. Um, but I got invited to go to um, a rugby training session just, just for fun on one of the days where um, our coach, hockey coach was sick and randomly discovered I was really fast. Um, and so changed to rugby the next year and have been addicted to it ever since. I have been there and I went to boarding school and I was mainly rugby and I went I went to Clifton Hall and I went to Longridge Towers in America on Tweed uh, and it was rugby. And I, hated it. I hated rugby with a passion and I did play hockey as well. But I also got forced to play cricket, and I, I was just, I was, I, I was just, I hate as well. Oh, that was brutal. I hated cricket uh, with a passion, absolutely hated it. Oh, it was brutal. Yeah. But rugby, I was never a fan of because I'm quite small and stocky. I was forced to be a prop, and I hated it. Uh, and uh, so I wasn't really a fan of that. So, uh, but yeah, yeah I was never a fan of playing rugby either. So I've always been a football fan, but uh, unfortunately, I um, never. Went to school that like really was football based basically. So if I had that, but who knows where I'd be. But it would have been nice rugby. Oh nah, not my cup of tea. It was never <laughs> my especially yeah, in the school. Not for everyone. Uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's if you've got the build, it's either football or rugby. One of the two. It does. Uh, I'd say with all my injuries, it's not for me either. But I love it. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's quite it's certainly yeah. If if you knock knocks in the yeah, say the least, Absolutely. I think it is going quite. It's when you, yeah, I think the joys of getting when you're in the prop, and the second row has to put your hand to grab your shirt and kind of oh. like between your legs. It's not exactly the most pleasant feeling when you're kind of certain parts of your body. Not feeling, <laughs> yeah, not quite. You start speaking a little bit high, and you go right. Okay, this is not my. Uh, this is not. This is why I'm not too comfortable. <laughs> so uh, anyway, on that note, <laughs> well, um, but yeah, but let's. So rugby, you've obviously been playing rugby in South Africa, and uh, yeah, what, did you play professionally or just more amateur, or did you? No, no, no so that was just school and university. Um, so before, so I finished at Hilton um, in 2012. And then right at the beginning of 2013 came over. So came back to my old school to do my six month um, gap year. Um, and while I was there, went back to playing for Battersea Ironsides um, and did actually uh, towards the like halfway through through the season. Um, I got asked if I wanted to go to Surrey County Trials right. um, and decided against it, which I thoroughly regret um, right. because I still kind of am, but back then I was just the most ridiculous, hopeless romantic and went back to South Africa to um, to date a girl, basically. Right. And uh, very bad choice. <laughs> you could have had professional rugby, but you decided to go for the, the love. <laughs> I know. And I, yes, it was a bad idea. <laughs> so what was like, apart from the education and apart from the... Um, the rugby, but what what was life in general like? Like, I mean, from living born in London, mm. then then living in South Africa, what was the kind of like the obviously total cultural change? Yeah. Uh, what was it kind of what was life in general like out with your school and sports? Um, life changed a lot. I'd say schools were a bit brutal, especially for an English kid. Um, English kids, I would say, are not popular out in South right. Africa. <laughs> 
Um, so I, I mean, especially in, in at Hilton in high school, I, I think I was, I was badly bullied in high school. Um, I mean, like, yeah, really, really badly. And that's, it's, it's probably what has personal training stemmed from that original thing, um, which, you know, I'll, I'll build up in as we go through it all. Um, but so, yeah, so in, in, in school wise, it was, it was tough. It was really tough. Um, I'd like to think that it's given me some kind of mental resilience. Um, but it's also, it's, it's a bit of a weird one because you think you're strong because you can handle certain things, but it's still there. And so it's just like, am I strong or is it just, cause I can't get rid of it. So it's like, okay, is it, is it weakness or strength? And it's very hard to se- separate the two. Okay. Um, which I think is a, is a struggle actually with a lot of people's mental health is they, they can't find where the line is. So do you feel, I mean, from the, how, I mean, when you say badly bullied, I mean, how badly bullied were you? Was it more like you're beaten up or you had your. No, it was, it was far, it was far more mental bullying than um, physical. Uh, it, it, it rarely got physical. It did occasionally, but it was a lot more kind of um, mental and fear tactics kind of thing. Uh, just not, not to, but it's especially in an uh, an an all term boarding school like that's you can't escape it. So almost like uh, what do you call nowadays like a form of gaslighting almost, but not quite. So but it's mental, so so psychological, which is almost like yeah. it's a kind of constant, which is but it's kind of empty threats. But the more you keep at it, it mm. kind of winds you down completely. Yeah, the more the more you, well, the less you can handle it to the point where you just you don't know what you can't do anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what what kind of yeah. I mean from going through that and leading when you eventually left school, uh, how did you? What was your coping mechanisms after? Or how did it affect you after or in life? Um, to be honest, I think I'm I. And I, I, that's probably why um, after my gap year, I went back. Um, I think relationships became my coping mechanism, right? Um, which is probably why quite a lot of them have failed um, because it, it, it became like, because it was so tough at school um, and that was kind of my life for five years, any kind of positive validation or kind of just positivity towards me i clung on to so hard that it it was you know the the term is clingy but at that point you just it's so positive and it's such like a kind of um what's it like exhilarating feeling that you just can't let it go okay um which can lead to very toxic relationships and it did right you still find it difficult with relationships to this day yes but now for the reverse because of the bad relationships um but i'm so i'm in a relationship at the moment and it has been tough for me um but mainly because of the bad experiences that i now i always expect them to happen regardless of who it is or um lack of reason for it happening it's just ingrained in my head that it will happen so letting go of that especially this year is i mean i'm still trying to do it but it's get it is getting better, um, and fortunately, my girlfriend is very patient with that. That's good. So, so when did you start the the bug for personal training to get into that? Um, so, personal training only the idea of 
personal training only came during lockdown. Um, But I've been training myself for going on 10 years now. Um, And that started at university. Um, I became friends with one of the first team rugby players. And we ended up just going to gym together, like all the time. And from that, I got the kind of self-drive to keep going on my own. Um, And I've kind of experienced the massive highs and massive lows of training um, because a lot of people will struggle with motivation to train before they start training, but they don't realize that there's also a hyperfixation if you overtrain. And that happened to me a little later. So back in 2018, 2019. Um, so after university, which was in, also in South Africa, I was there for four years and I studied English psychology and then did a fourth year um, PGCE, so postgrad in um, education. Uh, so I went with my then current girlfriend to South Korea to teach English for a year. And that's where I really found how training can be so bad as well for your mental health. Okay. Um, especially when I wasn't particularly happy, um, right. like things were wrong with us in our relationship. I was training six, seven days a week, nonstop, as hard as I could. And it was just breaking me. It was really, really bad. So what would you I mean, I know I I, I go to the gym because, I mean, for me, when I'm working out personally, I find it is a nice wee, I mean, I, I think at the start I was only doing about an hour, but now I'm kind of quite, I learn to pace myself and I have a nice comfortable two hours at the gym or something is quite a nice wee session, um, and which is, I feel, for me, it's a nice escape. It just switches you off kind of thing. And I, I understand, I mean, I, I do see people who go regularly uh, or, or go just about every day at the gym and I thought, how the heck do you manage that? So it's some routine that must be mm-hmm. to be able to, yeah, I mean, every day, yeah, maybe obviously understand if you're training to be like a bodybuilder or something. I, I wasn't. I know you're just, what? so you just, was did it just become like an obsession and hence the reason, but not so, maybe started as an escapism, but then got kind of the opposite. Yeah. It, it's it, it definitely started and was for a long time my escape route um, right. and the feeling of I'm getting stronger. This is great. Uh, was really nice. But then the issue became that I was guilt tripping myself to go to gym every day. Right. I'd say, OK, I'm tired. I need a break. I guilt trip myself and I would go every single day. And I was just flawed the whole time. I was drained. I mean, I've had depression since high school because of all the the bullying but it's it it, that was a really low point especially because training was usually my kind of release and then it became so bad um I really needed to slow down and I I don't know how I managed to like actually do it I found a way to kind of calm it down um especially when I left because when I left I had about two months of no training at the gym and initially that was kind of really jittery then it was a nice period off and then I really wanted to get back to it and that kind of re-got reshifted my motivation to get back to it um but that the the kind of negative side of of mental health and overtraining is is really powerful um and it can really do like quite a lot of harm so you really need to keep that in check I well, I'm quite glad I don't. I try and go. Try and go. I always say it was I must go to the gym twice a, a week, but it kind of doesn't quite happen <laughs> once a week at the moment. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of. I think it's just more. 
if I go out, I tend to like going at night. I'm not a morning person. I can't quite. Some people yeah. up at like four o'clock, five in the morning, head nope. to the gym, do a workout, and I'm like, uh, no, I'm still quite happy to be in my bed. But I'm more of a nighttime. But it takes me a while for my body to calm down a bit, then I can to get to sleep at night. So it's a kind of if I don't either I don't sleep or I can't get up early, so I'm better just well just do what I can, you know. Yeah, so. Yeah. You, talk, you touched on depression. I mean, depression is common, uh, especially mm. with you being through bullying and things like that. And uh, so how did you, I mean, how severe was that? Are you still struggling with depression or do you feel like you've kind of come out? Through, um, come out that? It, it was very severe, especially at high school. Um, and it wasn't, it certainly wasn't helped by, um, I was on very high dose uh, acne medication. Okay. Um, called Roaccutane, and I was on basically the the highest dose I was allowed for my body weight. Okay. Um, and it's known to have side effects that cause depression. And at one point, I was taking fourteen pills a day. Fourteen. Fourteen of different things. You must have rattled. Literally, that was the running joke with, with everyone that I, that I was talking about. That's. Um, it I'm was being... tough. Yeah, must say, did you not just wake up in the morning thinking, I've got to take these 14 pills? <laughs> I just say, you must and it's, yes. it's bad enough. I mean, I've been, especially bad enough, I take paracetamol for like, a, if I get a migraine or, for, or something, or you get a bad headache day, and you're having to take stuff and you have to, or just to kind of get rid of it, or you're having, to, I, just, mm-hmm. I have to, I get to the stage, I just have to stop taking stuff because I just want, I just don't like it because it affects on your body kind of thing. Yeah. It just, and it's horrible, but 14, that must have been absolutely, that must have been heavy duty to take 14. I mean, what, did you wean your way off them or did you, what was the, how did you um, start your way off them? Or obviously with, did it just suddenly naturally heal up the acne or did it? So, with the, so yeah, so only one, it was only one antidepressant pill. The rest right. was all, um, all to do with uh, acne and then the side effects of Roaccutane. Um, but no, I finished the course and then came off everything pretty much immediately. So like it kind of right. uh, came straight off. Um, but just what it does to you, what it does to you and what it does to your skin is not pleasant. Like it makes your skin so dry because acne is caused by just a lot of oil in your skin. Um, and I mean, it, you like you if you go like that, like skin just falls off, and it's just so unpleasant. Uh, and I was on that for a couple of years, I think, and it was seriously expensive too, um, which also made it worse. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, and the antidepressants I actually took myself off after a while. I was just like, look, it's making me feel worse that I need these, and I was just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm done with this, and. Well, it was it so it wasn't the it wasn't what they how they were making me feel it was the knowledge of knowing i needed them that was making right. me feel worse and so i just stopped and until this year i haven't touched them again for what nine years now there we go um, i have been i have been through uh, my own experience with that but certainly uh in 1994 or 95 i was on a uh, prothidin which is then was 150 milligrams a night <laughs> And that kind of floored me, <laughs> literally, and not not ever. Uh, so I do, I do, and it was like it's uh, it's horrible. But it's uh, certainly knocks you sideways. They're not addictive, but they do have withdrawal symptoms if you're coming off them. They do have to wean your way off them, and they are pretty. Uh, yeah, it can. Yeah, it's hot, not not the nicest. <laughs> no, I, I I mean, I, so I started taking them again probably two months ago. Two months and, ago, and and the first week of being on them. It was just awful 
It was right. so, so horrible. One day I was, um, I was the most anxious that I've ever been. Um, almost like just self-destructively anxious. Um, the next day I looked like a zombie. I had no energy. I walked into the gym and my manager was like, you're right. You genuinely looked like you are dying. And I, I, I had to say, look, I can't do classes today. I can, I can barely just sit here because I'm literally dead. Right. Um, and then the next day I felt a bit ill. And then after that, I was actually all right. Um, but the, yeah, that three-day period just was very unpleasant. So when did you start? Uh, when did you move? Well, what brought you to Edinburgh in the first? Well, when did you end up here? Uh, so I moved to Edinburgh last November, so fairly recently, coming up so the year. Right? Okay. Um, and again, I, I, that's also a very, very long story of how I ended up here. Okay. Uh, so please, very, please dissect. Uh, please dissect. <laughs> I'll say it briefly. Um, <laughs> it'll still take a bit of time. No, I'm sure. That, let's go for it. Hey, let's dive in. So. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to go in Korea for a year. Um, so I left Korea in April of 2019 um, okay. and flew back back home to France. Well, actually, no, I didn't. I flew to South Africa first for 10 days, um, had a shocking breakup with my girlfriend at the time, and then we decided to stay together. Terrible idea. Um, <laughs> trust me, women are always, always in these terrible stories um, <laughs> for me anyway. <laughs> Uh, so we decided to stay together and then I flew home, uh, to France and stayed in France for probably about, um, just over, just under a month. Um, and then went to London to move in with two of my university friends who lived there. Um, and was in London with them for nine months during which time had an awful breakup twice with that girlfriend, um, <laughs> worked for Apple for three months and then two months later lockdown was very much fast approaching and I realized I will be broke before the first month is out without a job in London so I moved I went back to France to be with my parents in the countryside for a year of lockdown um that caused its own huge mental health problems as well um also where I got into probably my most serious poetry writing um, which I still do occasionally, um, okay. and you and you can find that a few of mine on a website that my friend runs called um, Aussie Mandius. It's a kind of like a collaboration of poetry and story writing, um, and that that lockdown was lockdown was a huge struggle for me because I had no friend base there. It was just me and my parents for a year um in and there was nothing for me to do there was no gym so i had only body weight and resistance bands um it was just a bit of a nightmare but that's where the kind of i'd say the the, the beginnings of being a pt started uh, i needed something to do and i started training my next door neighbor there who was great friends with my parents and he's actually still an online he's an online client right now um, and he was the first person to be like, you could do this. You know, you're, you could be a PT. You're very good at it. Um, but I'd never really, never really took it seriously because I was trying to be an actor at the time. Oh, um, an actor. Mm. Yeah. 
Jesus, um, this has become from talking about a launch of a new thing on on a Saturday in Edinburgh. Now it's gone. <laughs> so, so during those nine months in London, I went to acting school. This <laughs> is getting even better. This um, is <laughs> And so, um, so, so through lockdown and that time, I started doing a streaming job just to make a bit of money. Okay. Um, on a one of those streaming apps a bit like tiktok and things like that except yeah. it was focused on streaming um and i met through that i met a girl in the same agency and we started doing a lot of streams together um and then she introduced me to this person that she'd basically done some acting for he was a master's student and um through that he cast us both in his student his master's thesis piece basically um and we ended up writing the whole thing or starting to write it while i was in france um and then also fell into something together even though we'd never met and we just spent so much time together um and then i'm so i moved to cheltenham which is where she lived and he lived where the university was to essentially get this thing filmed because it was really good and we wanted to get it to we wanted to approach netflix with it as well so moved there and the whole thing fell through within a month and he kind of he kind of screwed me over and so did she um and about four months of living in cheltenham and two thousand pounds down i decided right i've got to get out of here and um went to stay with my aunt and uncle up in Dunoon, which is just across the water from gorok um above um glasgow uh was meant to be there for maybe a week two weeks uh four months later <laughs> I was uh planning my move to Edinburgh. <laughs> so the, obviously you spent lockdown in France mm-hmm. and you came eventually back to England. Yeah. So still during lockdown, because lockdown was technically two years, I suppose. Yep. And then so eventually got to England, then eventually ended up in Dunin, Cheltenham yep. then Dunin, now Edinburgh. So when did you arrive in Edinburgh? Uh November. Of last year. That's when I moved here, yeah. Wow. So I went when... back and forth all the time trying to find a place. So what when you got to Edinburgh, where did you get your first? So obviously you come to Edinburgh for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what, what, you know, do you have a job? No? Anything? When I moved here or? Yes, when you moved here. Did you have a job uh, or anything? No. No. So it's literally fly, flying by the seat of your pants, basically. Yes. <laughs> I knew, okay. well, the thing is, I knew I could get a bar job and did. Um, so I knew I'd be okay once I'd had my first month. Um, it was tough, but managed to get there. I was also, I was also on universal credit, so that helped. Okay, that's cool. So when did you get, when did you officially start at Pure Gym? What made you go? Uh, so I, my first day was on the 20th of December. When you, and you've been, it's about, it actually opened that, what, that branch and the the new, the one at Craig Leith in Edinburgh. It opened on the 9th. So I joined 11 days later. And you got so did you because you're a split apart? You don't do you have to do the courses or anything, or you just got the job straight away because you're uh, so I was quali- level two qualified already because I right. I started my P my level two and level three back in June while I was still right. in Cheltenham. That was my cousin's right. idea, and I was like, you know what, it's worth doing. Why not? Okay. Um, and so I'd already got my level two, so I got hired on the back of you need to have your level three within three months, which didn't happen, and it was stressful as hell. So I got extended for a month and I almost ran out of time then. It was chaos. 
So you finally got it. Is it quite is it quite hard doing the level the training and in, to get into pure gym? Because I notice you hear when you're in the gym, you hear the adverts a lot. Become a, a, a personal trainer, do this and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it quite hard to do it, or is it not as easy as it seems to be? Not as easy as it sounds. I mean, I'd say it's easy if you've got an interest in it. If you okay. don't, it's going to be like going to a biology class and be like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> so it, it really depends on the person. Um, but if you, you know, if it's something you're interested in, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to be honest. Because I've when I've been in the gyms, I've seen a few people who are personal trainers at the gym, and I look at them and think, maybe you need a personal trainer if <laughs> kind of because they're not maybe not quite as uh, not in shape as you would expect them to be if as a personal trainer. If you know what I mean, not to kind of say they're. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, um, you're a personal trainer, but maybe you kind of need one yourself. <laughs> well, I, th- I think. To be honest, in, t- in terms of that, and this is something I've struggled with since mid-July, um, my training since then has taken such a big dip in motivation, in just kind of um, gains and interest in it, because I've spent way, way too much time at that gym, and I okay. don't enjoy my training anymore because of it. And that's also why I'm so excited to get out of it a bit and do one element because I think it'll help me get back to enjoying my training. Okay. Are you still um, going to stay, you're still going to stay at, Are you still going to stay at Pure Gym while you do this thing? Or? So, yes. In it, so as of now, yes. When one element is stable and doing well, I'll drop all my hours at the gym and just be a personal trainer. Right. Um, and then from there, it will totally depend on my clients. Some of them might want to train train in the park instead, which is fine. Um, it means I can charge them a bit less um, if I move out of the gym. Um, uh, either that or if they're willing, move to a gym closer to my, my house because it's a pain in the ass to get to Cradley from here. I live right. by his. Oh, you love it. <laughs> you love your Easter Road, right? Okay. <laughs> it's usually 45 to an hour to get there. Yes, especially Edinburgh traffic. Yes, it's not ideal. I, know, I don't drive. I don't have a car, so it's buses every day. Yes, I see your point. I see your point. Um, <laughs> as well, was good. So what I was going to say? Uh, let's. You touched on. Um, you touched on regarding the your depression. You, you say you've just gone back, and that you're still taking the tablets. You still. What is it you struggle with, or what is your triggers? with your depression that kind of you feel the need to still take medication? Um, so I noticed, and this, I, I think it was just after I got back from France that I noticed the huge dip in my training and just severe lack of energy. Um, you know, the kind of thing where people will be like, yeah, okay, maybe blood test. Cause this is, this is weird. I'd never experienced that kind of just sheer drop off of energy levels um and just overall general feeling so i was like okay um what's what's going on what's wrong and uh i actually was like okay maybe i should get a testosterone test because i've got every kind of symptom that low testosterone um kind of gives off uh so had a blood test with my gp and everything came back fine and at that point i was like okay well then i know what it is it's i'm it's depression and it's it makes sense um and so they said they they kind of suggested which ones i should like basically get have a go with um i'd also mentioned look i 
I tried them before. I don't feel like they really worked. Um, so I'm happy to give them another go, but you know, there's that skepticism there. Um, in terms of what my triggers are this year, um, I'd say financial stability has been probably the worst. Um, which is also why I'm so excited to get one element going. Um, because I think it will give me an element of stability. Um, and then I think those kind of past relationship traumas that have come back to the surface because of essentially, you know, putting my foot out there again, um, and putting myself out there again, and then being with my new girlfriend, that's had moments where it's just been like, Oh my God, what the hell is going on? Um, and it's, it's horrible things. Like it's stuff that I shouldn't be worried about, but it's that kind of anxiety and you just play it, play it, play it, play it, play it until it just has to be true, even though it's ridiculous. Um, so that certainly, you know, and I talk to her about it whenever it happens, I'd, I'd say, look, this is how I'm feeling. I know it's me triggering myself, but I just want you to know this is how it feels right now. So if I'm not hundred percent, that's why I don't blame you for it though. Um, which is, I suppose the best way I can handle it. So you're um, still taking the medication now, yeah? Well, actually, I, 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 I've started taking them again. I started again yesterday. I had about a week and a half, two weeks off because I uh, ran out and then forgot to order more until I was going to London to get this one element stuff sorted. And then only managed to pick them up yesterday. So I've been off them for a bit, but um, I'm back so on them now. How do you feel when you're off them? Uh, so for that period of time, the same as when I was in the good probably period of the, of when I was using them. So I, I, I think it just hadn't kind of worn off yet. Okay. Would Um, you like to not be able to take them completely? Uh, yes, but I don't, I think it's probably too early to take, like just to go off them. I think the, probably the high now, why I'm feeling better now is because I'm really excited about one element and I see the possible future of it. And I don't want to then go take them away and it all comes crashing down because I suddenly drop in energy and mood. So I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd probably look to take them until one element's doing well. At that point, it's not going to drop because I'm going to be, you know, secure. I'll be happy. And this is, this is kind of something I'm really excited about. So so well, I'm uh, from my experience, from experience reckon, recommending. Um, I'm happy to support you and encourage you in this. Is mm-hmm. in, yeah, I would get just get rid of them. Because oh, I, I certainly don't want to rely on them. So it's, a, it's a way of I know the event. I think uh, in life, it's all about what's in here. So mm-hmm. it's obviously what if you can sort this out. What's in your head, uh, you will find that that is where you will you don't need to rely on medication because i know yeah. that it's all about mind over matter so i think it's understanding you need to it's healing what's in your head and understand uh, and getting over that yes the past is the past you can't change the past but it's how you turn the past into becoming what you can how you, turning your trauma mm-hmm. uh, maybe for example now you You've done. You've not. You did rugby commentary. You've done things like that. Maybe and maybe what you're doing and what you're aiming to do is maybe turn your trauma and your experiences into something you can then start to maybe like a podcast, for example, 
and talking about your one element, you could be the one element Edinburgh podcast, for example. Uh, and that could be a bad idea. <laughs> uh, just an idea, just throwing that out there. But through what you're doing, you could then share your experience of your yeah. trauma, which should hopefully help you heal in your head. So you're not having to rely on medication mm -hmm. because while you're talking about it, you will help others at the same time. So there's an idea for you. Mm. Yeah, it's not it's not a bad shout. I'll definitely take a look into that. Because uh, certainly podcasting is a, a good way of dealing with trauma. A good way of because mm -hmm. I, I talk to a lot of people who go through trauma uh, in some way, aspect, and by and it's a good way, a good it's a good avenue of opening up and see, see letting people see who you actually are to then, but also then maybe I can develop this into taking this further by being your own pod being a podcaster interviewing people mm. talking to people even your clients and it doesn't have to be long it can be small small like 10 15 minutes uh and you can then hopefully through time you'll be it gives you that time to process and suddenly go let's let go of this i'm ready yeah. i don't need to take medication i can focus on what i'm doing but uh my encourage you is to I mean, happy to support you and what you're doing and you're doing a podcast talking about it. People uh, you work with, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, obviously Kyle, he's your assistant manager, but uh, great people to support you. I mean, uh, and that kind of thing and what you're doing. So, but this is just me speaking from experience that, yeah, you can overcome this. You can do this. You will win. And it's just got to get sort of what's in your head. And you're going to say no more. You're going to start with beating it, winning it pushing forward that kind of thing you know that is what i'm trying to do <laughs> well i'm here to support you happy to help you yeah. know i mean it's been great interviewing I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about that you think you might have missed or want to discuss uh you can I don't, tell us what made you get into briefly we can backtrack what you made you do rugby commentary what was that what avenue came who opened that door for you uh so in terms of the rugby commentary i started i basically got that through a university friend who's now a um part of the um sports media in south africa um he started up a company called forever sports and um he was looking for essentially people who loved rugby and were keen to kind of just commentate on it as it goes but very chilled very kind of like we you, you can drink a beer on stream kind of thing um okay. and i was i like i know i knew him not very well, but I knew him and he knew of me. And I was just like, look, dude, that sounds great. Where do I sign up? And to be fair, we, we've had a bit like a dip this year. We were doing a lot more last year, um, but we finally got a sponsor now. Um, and the more we kind of pump the numbers up, I think he's almost at 20,000 subscribers now on YouTube, which is good. Um, and the more we kind of pump the numbers up, the more that sponsor will put in. And then we can actually, you know, start doing like proper, um, essentially make it a proper job. Um, and what we, because I'm the only one in Scotland, in fact, I'm the only one in Europe who does the commentary. Um, what we want to be able to do is um, get access to like all the Edinburgh and Glasgow media um, okay. like sessions and stuff so that I can go to them, which will be really cool for me as well. Okay, cool. Well, certainly with the acting, I'm keen to, I could, uh, yeah, keen to chat to you a bit more of that. I have in the past, I did acting in the Edinburgh Festival, and this is nice. going back in 
97 and 98. This is uh, when you're, you're still playing nappies, I think. I'm joking. You're still... You're well, quite, well. <laughs> yeah, still, uh, still kind of, I uh, running around the school playground, um, but um, but yeah, uh, yeah, uh, certainly I begin to dissect that. I can actually introduce if you would you ever reconsider act, your acting a little bit, or are you something that's maybe? I think it, I I would, but it would depend on how and the point in my life like right now no i wouldn't i wouldn't okay. because it's cool. too stressful and i'm trying to do something else cool. um but then again if someone said look you know come and audition for this i'd be like yeah why not let's give it a go um it, it would very much depend on how one element's going to be honest right go from there cool well i think we've kind of we've covered a lot uh yeah so where can people connect with you if they want to I know you're obviously based in Edinburgh, but certainly yeah. uh, for the global audience listening or mm -hmm. watching on YouTube or podcast, basically we are going through LinkedIn as well and Facebook, yeah. uh, whether you're whatever avenue you're listening or watching. Um, where can people connect with you uh, to maybe either interview as a podcast, on a podcast, uh, sign up to your programs, uh, et cetera, et cetera? So... Probably the best way to get hold of me, in all honesty, is Instagram. So I've got uh, my PTing Instagram and then obviously the One Element Instagram. Um, and if you're on both of those, you will get almost all my updates. Um, I've got my own personal one, which is also linked to my PT one. So you'll get all three accounts, essentially. Um, so the PTing one is um, at Excalibur Fitness PT. And... Um, so Excalibur, like, you know, the sword. Okay. Um, and then One Element Edinburgh is, is the other one. Well, I'll have all these links. Uh, and do you utilize Facebook much or for connecting? Or is that any helpful? Uh, no, not really. That's more personal shit. Right, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, but we'll have your link, the links in the show notes uh, for those, cool. uh, for people who want to connect. Uh, anything else you want to say or share to people that might benefit and maybe you might want to connect with or type of people you're looking to connect with out with the business side? Um, I think what, what people, a lot of people, especially um, clients I've trained, um, they actually get nervous about PTing. They think it's either going to be very kind of demanding, you know, kind of shouty, almost, almost army like. Um, and certainly with me, that's not the case. I, I try to be as, as good a friend with the client as I can be so that it literally just feels like, right, a friend telling you that this is what you need to do. Um, okay. and then it's just like, right, go on, do it. You can do it. You can do it. And just building it up from there. Um, I'd say I, I have a pretty good friendship with all my clients and it's just the easiest and most comfortable way for them. And to be fair, it makes it really easy for me as well. I just want to say to one person from LinkedIn who's watching, I called Tim, who does a podcast on uh, cancer as well. So he does that. He's, a, I think he's, a, uh, if I'm rightly saying, he's recovered from cancer, but he does a, 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 a weekly podcast on ca and cancer. He's based down south. Uh, he's called uh, Tim Salt. But yeah, great guy to watch if you to connect with uh, via Facebook cool. and uh, LinkedIn. So shout out to uh, this guy. Um, but yeah, but let's say, uh, well, what do you have all your details in the show notes and the podcast? Uh, 
And anything else, as I say, any encouragement or word of you want to say to anybody or your final words? Final words. That sounds so, um, so like. Wait, no, you're, you're not dying. Well, anyway, don't worry. Your obituary, yes. What a Yes. No, he's not dying anytime soon. Just a final words to encourage people in any way. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, so, I suppose something I've learned is, and certainly helped me going to Korea, things like that, is if you are, if you're presented with an uncom uncomfortable situation that could grow you as a person, do it. Don't like do it, even if you're scared. It's just kind of like it's 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 fairly similar to um, what Richard Branson says about a job. If you get in a job opportunity and you don't know how to do it, take it and learn it while you do it. There you go. That's a, yeah. I think a great, that's good advice because there's a lot of people who just are scared to take jobs or they're scared to step into something or because they're. they're I, I was dead. I was really worried about taking on one element because I was like, I, I'm not a business person. I don't understand the back end of a business, and I, I, I mean, it's still slightly confusing, but I'm getting through it. Okay. Um, I just forced myself to do it. Well, I think you've uh, gained some support. I'm happy to, as I say, as I've been in business for 13 years, happy to help you out or just chat. It's always good just to yeah. have something bounce something off. I can just sure. talk business, and there's plenty of other entrepreneurs and people I know that I can connect if you want connections, uh, yeah. especially on the business side. If you just want to talk, uh, what, if you want to be interviewed again, so you might find that you're kind of on more podcasts than you can handle. It's not really collaborations and sponsors. <laughs> So it's worth, worth a punt, worth a punt. But anyway, uh, to everyone who's, we've certainly, uh, uh, we have I've certainly dragged uh, a lot of stuff out of Carl, uh, and probably more than he's expect, more probably more than he's expected. But uh, certainly, uh, if you're watching, listening onto the replay uh, or podcast, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, we hope that you enjoy this interview and uh, you can connect with Carl. We'll have, um, yeah, later on. So to everyone, uh, and well, we've got a connection already. Just before we go, a guy called Tim Stone wants to uh, wants to connect with you. He's on LinkedIn, um, so you tell I can. He's also I'll connect you on Facebook. It's probably the easiest way because we're connecting on Facebook. That's the quickest way. I'll do that, and then you and I'll message a wee group, and you can then connect out with yourselves individually, and go from yeah, there. I'm, so I'm glad yeah. LinkedIn. My LinkedIn yeah. is. I, I'm actually going to cancel my LinkedIn account because I, I manage it so badly. Well, it's good to have actually. It's easy enough to do. I'll show you how to do that. Teach you that. So I think. Please. I think I want to like start a new one. <laughs> well, I can happily help you. That's not a problem. Uh, it's just ways of connecting. It's best have a. It gives you presence and it, it makes it easier for giving you a bit more connecting wise. But it's cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll connect you up with Tim after this, and uh, we can you can then uh, have a chat out with and go from there. Okay. So. That's cool. Right, to everyone who's been watching, have a great night, day, morning, evening, whatever you are in the world. And uh, yeah, till next time, uh, it's Ramsey Unleashed going on Borders podcast. And we will uh, catch you next time. Bye-bye now. Cheers, guys.